seat. I'm going to ask you if, you, if you have a bulletin, I want you to look at your bulletin with me, if you will, just for a moment. And look at the back of the bulletin. Down at the bottom. Mission statement of Midway Evangelical Presbyterian Church. And when we get to the last part where it quotes scripture, Matthew 28, 19a, that is what I would like to use for our scripture message today. But what I want us to do is let's say in unison our mission statement. Can we do that together? Let's try it. The people of Midway... Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this mission statement that you allow us to put on the back of a bulletin each week. And I thank you for the thoughts, the prayers, the discernment that went into the hearts and lives of those people that did, came up with, Listen to your words, listen to your instructions on this mission statement. And thank you, Lord, that we have a mission statement such as this. Lord, may we look together in your word for just a few moments as we read together, as we study together. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, uh, last week, uh, notice there hadn't been any outlines. I'm going to try to do better and get you one next week. But if you had to title this sermon today, it would be a continuation of last week. So uh, last week, if you remember the name of the sermon, on the same page in 2020. On the same page in 2020. And you can label this one part two uh, if, you, if you take notes. Um, but what I want to just take just a moment is to go back and, and review, just to give you a quick summary, uh, about last week. And we said that Jesus had some parting words to his disciples before he ascended back into heaven to be uh, there at the right hand of God the Father. And we said that those two parting, uh, those, those parting words were, were two of Jesus' greatest commands that he gave to his disciples that he has left for you and for me today as a body of believers. Not only this day, not only this year, but forever and ever until he returns. Remember, the first one was love each other, John 15 and verse 17. And in Mark 16, verse 15, it says, preach the gospel, the good news. So, so let's, let's take about 45 seconds on loving each other. Love each other. Other. Now, notice what happens when a church, when a, when a, when a body of believers, when, when an individual Christian works selflessly 
to love each other and to live wholeheartedly for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, can you imagine what that might look like? Well, let me just give us several things that may take place, that should take place, if we're doing those things, if we're loving each other and working selflessly to do that. One, we could, it just might happen that we could grow in Christ. We might grow in Christ. We will grow in Christ. Secondly, we will find our spiritual gifts. We will find what it is that God has given us and blessed us with as far as a spiritual gift is concerned. And then we will become all that God created us to be. Are we growing in Christ, church? Have we determined what our spiritual gifts may be? Are are we becoming, in the process of becoming all that God created us to be? Can I tell you what's going to happen if this takes place in our lives as individuals? If this takes place in corporate worship, the, the, the church will be affected in a positive way. Don't you like positive people? Don't you like positive things? So this morning, as we allow the Holy Spirit to teach us, to lead us, to guide us, to direct us, let's look at three things, three ways. A united church, a united, those on the same page, a church is on the same page, pulling in the same direction. Some ways a united church preaches the gospel. Now, I know some of you are saying, I'm going to, immediately I want to turn you off because I'm not a preacher. That's, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about how are we proclaiming the gospel. First, the first thing we see here is by helping each other understand the gospel. Helping each other understand the gospel and in doing so, keeping our faith. Well, let me give you a warning from God's Word, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 9. It says this, Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. Heard any strange teachings lately? We hear them all the time. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace. Now, in our world today, false teachers teaching false doctrines are all around us, are they not? They're, they're, they're everywhere. And let me tell you what else this is. This is a danger to Christianity. James 5, 19 and 20. Write that down so you can go back and, and, and reread that this week. James 5, 19 and 20. I want to read those verses to us. <clears throat> James 5, 19 and 20. My brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth... And someone should should bring him back. Remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Now, as I read that, I I thought about the encouragement that I found. how, How God is encouraging you and I as his children to help each other avoid such nonsense. What is the nonsense? The nonsense is in verse 19 where it says, wandering from the truth. That's nonsense. 
So, so, so James is telling us here, look, take the initiative, child of God. Take the initiative, Christian, to get that person back to God by praying for them, by loving them. Now, we need to keep this in mind too, church, that, that as we're doing this and if we're, as we're trying to live for the Lord, what is the old devil doing? Trying to undermine everything we do trying to undermine the way we live for the Lord Jesus Christ. You can see John 10, 10 says, Jesus says this, that the devil, the old serpent, the old, the old evil one, has come to do three things, steal, kill, and destroy. That's all he cares about, stealing, killing, and destroying you and I as Christians. But, the, but <clears throat> think about this, the encouragement, the inspiration, the, the motivation that we can give to someone else as we live our lives. You know, it's like uh, in the movie Overcomer. You'll, you'll see, you saw last week, if you hadn't seen it yet, uh, we'll look at a, at a character in there, her, and her name is, is Hannah. And, and as she nears the finish line there in that cross-country state championship race, I, I can imagine her, her legs were, were aching and her chest was burning, and she, she felt like that she was ready to stop. And inside of herself, she was probably saying, I can't make it, I can't do it. But at just the right time, she sees what? She sees some of her friends and fellow classmates rooting her on, cheering her on, and that encouraged her to get to the finish line. You know, I thought about that in much the same way. Christians are to encourage one another. Because think about it, at just the right time. Have you been there? Has a letter come in your mail or you gotten a text or a phone call at just the right time when you needed it? You've been there? I've been there. And I want to say thank you for you people who do that periodically. And it comes at just the right time. That word of encouragement that can make a difference between us giving up or keep on keeping on. My heart has been challenged and I pray yours has too. To, to begin to look around us, to, to look around us and be sensitive to the needs of someone who is in need by helping each other understand the gospel. Secondly, by motivating each other. A united church preaches the gospel by motivating each other. When was the last time you gave someone in this body, in this church, a motivational speech, if you will. Some food to, th to, to chew on that motivates them. You see, we're to remind each other of God's love, of God's forgiveness. Listen to what Luke, the Gospel of Luke, says this. <clears throat> Luke chapter number 24, in verse number 45. Luke 24, 45, <clears throat> says this. Now, this was after, after Jesus had, had been crucified and, was, and, and rose from the grave. And, and on the road to Emmaus, remember when he appeared to those people on the road to Emmaus? And then at the end of that story, it says this. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written, the Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And listen to this, verse 47. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all the nations. 
to everyone we come in contact. We're to motivate each other to preach and to, and to, and to live out God's word. What else must we do to motivate? Well, Hebrews 10, 24 says this from the New Living Translation. I love how this reads. It says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. When's, when's the last time we really reached out to someone and they really sensed that we loved them and we love them? When's the last time we have done good works for the kingdom of God here on earth? You know, I can't think of a greater act of love than to tell someone outside the family of God, to tell those on their way to an eternity separated from God, God of the hope found in the Lord Jesus. You see, because there's joy in being a believer. There's joy in being saved. There's joy in being a child of God. Being in the greatest family of all time, church, should motivate us more than anything else to share the gospel with others. Oh, we can share that football game. We can share that buzzer beater basketball game. We can share this and we can share that and we can share the other. But we clam up when it comes chance for us to give a testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, here's the beauty. The more time Christians spend in harmony, in support, in fellowship, on the same page, more and more joy will be found. And lastly this morning, we see helping each other understand the gospel. We see by motivating each other. And thirdly, by finding our individual spiritual gifts. Have, have you determined what spiritual gift you may have? And once we find that spiritual gift, <clears throat> we can contribute to the proclamation of the gospel, to proclaiming the gospel in the way that God wants us to do it, in the way that God has called us to do it. You see, it, evangelism comes in all shapes and sizes. It, it's in, it, it's, it works, it's the work of ministries. It's maybe even the work of organizations. But, let's, but, but let me tell you this, we can't lay, leave out that evangelism is the work of individuals. Now think about it, individuals, you and me. And guess what else? No Christian is off the hook. You say, why is that? I'm glad you asked, because I want to tell you. Each child of God has been given, has been blessed with, has been equipped with talents or gifts to, to be used for kingdom growth here on earth. Romans chapter 12, I just, I just want to prove it to us, okay? Romans chapter 12, verse 6. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift if is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. So we all have gifts 
And our role is to be found faithful in using those gifts. And to look for opportunities and ways to serve others with those gifts that God has given us. You know, I look at sharing the gospel this way, and we'll, we'll wrap it up here. When we let our light so shine among men, that meaning when we show our joy, when we <clears throat> show the strength that we have in the Lord, when we show the love that we have for God, hopefully others will see that and want what we have. I have somebody in this congregation, I'm not going to call their name, but told me that very same thing this week. The preacher, I try to live my life every day that might motivate, that might inspire someone to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Can, can I give us a powerful verse as we, as we close? 1 Peter 3.15. 1 Peter 3.15. But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Church, my 2020 daily prayer is that this church, this body of believers will always be on the same page, working together, taking to heart the parting words that Jesus left, love one another and preach the gospel, because I'm convinced in my heart, and this is what I want to sell you on. I really do. I'm not a salesman, but I want to sell you on this. This is what I want us to hear today. That a church that is held together by those two things, that, that a church that is, that is obedient to those two things will flourish. Will flourish. For Christ in 2020, and in the days to come. Could we embrace those two commands, church? Would you embrace those commands with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your word today. Thank you for the reminder of those parting words, those commands that Jesus gave to his disciples, that Jesus gives to us today, that we're to love each other and that we're to preach, we're to share, we're to proclaim the gospel, the good news. And Lord, I pray that this very day, if we have not been doing that individually and corporately, I pray that this very day will be the day that we begin in that direction. Thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to us so clearly today. We pray in your name. Amen. Our hymn of dedication, number 324. Let's stand as we sing.